Welcome to the Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee, where amazing things happen. Our goal is to help build, repair, and restore healthy relationships. Love. We want to just hope and encourage you that I know that there are a lot of things going on, a lot of ways you can spend your time. Make the time to invest in yourself by going through your reflection exercises and spending the time doing that long inward journey because you're only going to get as much out of this time, our time together as you're willing to invest in it. One of the things that's important for us to remember is that love is what we should be building our relationships on. We can build it on love or fear. And we really hope that after you're done with this time, our time together, you will see the power of building your relationships on love. So we're going to get started with week two of Foundations of Love. Going to the slides. So before we go into the agenda, this is something we kind of recognize. So you want to talk about what this is? Sure. What would you say was your first recognition of love? Well, I can share with you what mine and mine was in our relationship. When we, as we talk about week two of foundations of love, when we first got got in got married or we were in, engaged, we were I had gotten stationed in a remote place in North Dakota, and I realized that Renee really loved me, and I recognized that because she was willing to drop everything she had already started building in Detroit and sacrifice it and come and be with me in this little bitty small town by myself where she decided I want to be with you. So she dropped everything she had. Well, not necessarily dropped it, but she gave up everything she had and came and moved to North Dakota with me, which gave me the recognition that I think she really, really loved me. So that was one of my first recognitions. And my first recognition of Gil loving me was after we were already married and he had this huge box with all these letters and cards and photos and there was letters that he had been writing and he had a journal and he gave me permission to go through it and look at it. He said, I don't care, you're welcome to go through there, you know. We don't have any stupid, we're open, you can just read them. And I remember reading one of the um, days in his journal where he was talking about me. And even though we had dated for three years and we had been married, I really didn't know to what degree his love for me was until I saw that, because I realized I got to hear his inner thoughts and I got to see that I was on his mind. And so that was a way for me that really helped me to understand that this man really, really loves me. So that's something that you can ask yourself. What was your first recognition of love? If you don't have a significant other or a spouse, think about it as it pertains to maybe your parents or someone that you know that really cares about you. So think about that as we jump into the slide. Yeah, and also it's important that you take the time to category that, to catalog that. When was the first recognition of love? And, and whoever that person is, let them know, this is what you did that made me feel loved. And it could be a letter, a note, it could be a, a making a decision to change your life. But things like that really help you to build and helps you to grow in love. So now let's go into the agenda. So let's talk about the imposter of lust. Lust is the imposter that I think many people get deceived by. And, and you can really realize that because you get confused about how you really feel about someone. Lust is something that masquerades itself. When you think about the definition of an imposter, an imposter is something that is there to deceive you, to make you think what you really, really wanted is the true and authentic thing. And this weird context we're talking about is love and lust. Lust makes you think you're in love. Yes, and, and love is a, lust is the counterfeit of love. 
And the way that you find out if something is the counterfeit or the original, you have to compare the counterfeit to the original. You can't look at the counterfeit and say, oh, this original doesn't have that. You just have to make sure that you're using the right standard for what you're comparing. So you compare the real thing to the counterfeit, not the other way around. And that's another reason why people get deceived by lust because they're comparing lust to love versus comparing love to lust. And when you think about it in our society, as we're showing you here, is it's all around us. You can't get away from it. Whether you're looking at a commercial, you can be looking at a movie. It's always seemed like someone is in lust about something or someone. It could be anything from another person and wanting to be with that person all the way to wanting a certain tangible materialistic thing. That can be a form of lust as well. And it can be a position. It can be a career. It could be uh, a house. It could be, a, there's lots of things that we lust over. And it's just a matter of understanding that lust does not, it leaves us and it just came, lust leaves us empty. Lust leaves us with a need for more because it's one of those appetites that it's never satisfied. So the reason why we're talking about the imposter is because if you know what the imposter is, then you can compare it to the real thing and know the difference. Lust also leads to regret and shame. Have you ever made a decision that was impulsive and you didn't think through it? And and another question that you think about is, when you make a decision when you're angry, are you more likely to be happy with that decision or are you more likely to to regret it? So if you make decisions based on impulses and you make decisions based on your appetite, more than likely you're going to regret it. And then finally, lust makes you compromise. Compromise some of your core values and the things that you hold near and dear to your heart, and it leaves you void. Because when you start compromising the values and your character and those types of things, it's going to just manifest and grow as you get deeper into your relationship. Because if you're willing to compromise on some of the small things, you're going to compromise on the things that really, really matter. And the thing that I love that it says, it demands. The thing that's different about love and lust is that lust demands that you give what it's not willing to give. It demands that you compromise your values. It demands that you give up on the things that you you say are your core values. That's why we asked you that in the reflection question. All of these segments are designed to build on you having a good solid foundation and also for you to have some checks and balances so that you can know if you're drifting into the place where you're living your life according to lust or if you're on this narrow path of living your life according to love. And you know, this is what we're talking about. We actually fall into lust. Just like when we just mentioned in the previous slide, this is not something that you, sometimes you don't even realize that you're going down this road or this path. It's just, you find yourself visually and physically attracted. And we're talking about this in the context of another person now. I, I share with you one thing that we shared before in another speaking was, one of the things that I learned, especially in our central world, and we talked about it in our society, you see things and you see maybe a person that is physically attractive. You know, maybe you like the way they dress or they're physically, their appearance is really attractive to you, even if it's not your spouse or your other, or a significant other. This is something that we all come across. One of the things that I've trained myself to do, and I share this with you, is I use the term bounce. So if I'm visually looking at something and I find myself falling into lust about, say, another person or another woman that I see, maybe the way she's dressed, 
I make myself myself say bounce, and I bounce my eyes away from what that thing or that person or it is that is attracting me to make me manifest those feelings. So and, that go ahead. And for women, I would say that we don't, may not necessarily struggle with lust as far as from that perspective, but sometimes we struggle with lust in as far as as far as um, wanting things we shouldn't have, and then we get into deception about hiding it or putting it away. So we have to all set boundaries for ourselves on how we are going to not allow lust to govern our relationships and how we make decisions. Uh, another thing about lust, and we are talking about, you know, I talked about, I used to be a really big shopper and your clothes, there are things in the store that will call you. They'll call your name and talk to you. And then when you get it home in your closet, it never talks to you again. So lust is very short lived and you get bored of it very quickly because it's not something you had to really work for. It's something that you make an impulsive decision for and you end up having buyer's remorse. When you think about emotionally driven, when you fall into lust, these are things that are going to manifest. You're going to have a strong sense and a strong desire to obtain or to possess whatever it is you're lusting for. We talked about it in the context of a person, but it can be a pair of shoes or a car or a house or those things you're going to be really, really driven emotionally to want to obtain it. And it's not so much obtain, it's almost you want to possess it. And the thing about things that you want to possess, they end up possessing you. And so it's important that we realize that we should be trying to build things that we are both working together towards, not you in a pursuit of or you're compromising everything to obtain. And another big thing that's important to be aware if you're, uh, being driven by lust is that lust, lust is selfish. It only focuses on itself. You're only thinking about me and my and my desires and what I want. And so these are just some checks for your heart so that you can begin to take inventory. It's like, well, wait a minute. Am I falling into lust? Um, am I being selfish and self-centered and self-focused? Because lust, again, it demands that you give what you normally wouldn't give and it makes you compromise. So you have to make sure you're un- being mindful of not being so self-centered and self-focused and driven by your appetites and your desires. So as we talk about lust, we kind of showed you what it looks like as far as with some of the things that just starts to draw you into lust. And this is when some of the things that makes you fall into lust so you can be aware of. But we want to share now with you some of the things of what's the real goal? What does love look like? And love is something that we don't create. It's something that God creates and we are just basically a matter of we're the recipients of it. And the most important thing is that love is a choice. It it really is based on you making a decision to say, I'm going to accept this love that you're giving me and you're pouring into me. And then what are you going to do with it? You're going to give it to others because love is selfless. Love is about giving and not taking. And love is about putting the other people around you first. When you think about that selfless act, when you start putting yourself second behind your spouse or your significant other, you're going to find that it's going to make you long suffering. It's going to make you more patient. It's going to make you more kind. It's going to make you do these types of things that are manifestations, almost like the polar opposites of lust. And even if you're in a relationship with your parents, parents appreciate gratitude. Parents appreciate um, you being selfless, any relationship you're in, these are attributes that are very attractive. And no matter whether you're dating, you're married, you're single, these are attributes that we all need to develop and, and manifest. 
And, and one of the things about love is that love gives, it doesn't take. And so you, these are ways, again, to check your heart to say, am I growing in love? Am I developing that muscle? Is it getting bigger? Am I becoming more like, you know, am I becoming more loving and kind and patient? Or am I falling? And we, we're human, so we're going to vacillate. But it's just more important that we walk and we strive to develop and grow in love and not live our lives by love. And I love the way you transition right into that. But how do you actually grow in love? Yes. The very first thing we share with you is that you must first love yourself. And then you can start loving others a lot more. We talked about it in week one, where this journey that you actually start is the one that goes inward. Well, the first love that you should have is the one for yourself, because you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. And that love for yourself has to come from you understanding who you are. That love has to come from God and then to you and then to others. Um, the thing that's beautiful about the love that God created is that it's a choice. It's not just emotion. It's you think about it. You, you spend time with it. It develops. It, 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 it grows. And, and the thing about it, we talked about in the lesson, we talked about the seven stages of love. And the end goal of those stages is to get to a, unconditional love, which is agape love. But please go through there and look at those different stages of love because so many times we rush into relationships that haven't had the time to develop to agape. And we're at a stage of, you know, friendship love. And then we're making long-term relationship decisions. And so it's really understanding, again, that it's unconditional love that's based on an understanding of its origin. And the origin of love is God, because God is love. He created it. And so therefore, he pours it into us free, and then we pour it in onto other people. So as you start growing in love and you start looking at the things that, so it's not emotional, it's not conditional, and our goal is to get to that agape, we want to give you some actionable things that you can actually take away from this lesson to where you can actually start applying. And this is one of the key parts of doing this is it's part of going into loving yourself, but this is one of those tangible, actionable things that you can do. We always talk about it in our lessons and things that we have shared with other people is you can start being hot. Yes. And that is an acronym from honest, open, and transparent. And we're going to break down those, what that actually means, starting with honesty. And the most important part of being honest is because we're all human and we all have a belief system. Our belief system is that we believe in Christ. Everyone has a belief system. And so within that belief system, you have to first be honest with God. And then after you're honest with God, you have to be honest with yourself. Then you can be honest with others, which is really understanding and knowing what's true about you, who you are and who you're not, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's where the honesty starts with. The second part is being open. You have to feel safe. And now this is really, really where you're getting into the relationship part, where you have to feel safe to share how you feel. Taken from my own life, I share with my wife times where I, and early in our relationship, I would be very closed off. I would stay to myself. And we're going to get more into it in the later lesson about being closed and all those things. But I kept things to myself, us as fellas and guys. That's something that you start learning at a very early age that keep it to yourself. Don't tell people how you feel. At least that was my teaching that I, I, I embraced early in my life. But now you have to start opening up. You have to open up and feel to sh share your feelings. 
with how you feel and not necessarily just feeling, but what you think. Because sometimes what you think can manifest in those feelings and it's going to show in how you actually act. And, you know, one of the things I'll say, you'll share the male's perspective as women. We're so used to sharing with our sisters and our girlfriends that we don't learn how to share our feelings with our husband. And so if you're in a relationship and you're developing that relationship, you have to learn how to share your feelings in a way where the other person can understand it. And that's something the Lord showed me. How do you expect him to know how to deal with your feelings if you never share them? So a part of that being honest is that safety, feeling safe comes from practicing. You're not going to just feel safe because you're thinking and you're going to feel safe when you take that first step and you try. And they might not get it right the first time or the second time, but a part of building a relationship is to learn how to practice being open and sharing your feelings. And that's what leads us into the transparency. When you have that internal ability to interpret and really feel what your spouse or your significant other is feeling, that's because they're being transparent. You can almost feel and see, okay, something is not quite right. The only way you can come up with those types of things is because they're being transparent where you can actually figure out or you shouldn't have to figure out, but you can actually perceive how they are feeling and what they're thinking sometimes. And the thing I love about this is the honest and the open are about you and yourself. And the transparent is about you and the people around you. You have to be able to say, I'm going to be vulnerable. This is an area that I'm growing in and I'm struggling. Um, Could you please help me? Please help keep me accountable. So the transparent part of it is you sharing with the people around you what's going on in you because that's how you're going to grow. So you need God, you need you and God, you need to really understand you. And then that's when you go into the part of it where you're letting other people in and you're growing from the things that you share. Because the greatest way to grow is in relationships. You're not going to grow on the island of autonomy because you got yourself there. And so you have to allow yourself to get to a healthy place where other people are part of your relationships. And so to wrap those things up, when the part about learning to, to go deeper within yourself, that's what these time of reflection questions is really all about. We share with you about the lust and the love and being hot, but then you can take this information that we share with you and use the questions that are in the book to actually go deeper with your with yourself. And the thing that I love about the, the time of you writing is because you need to write down your own thoughts and how you feel right now in this year and this time, a year from now, you'll be able to gauge your growth. And so journaling is such an important part of really developing a good, healthy um, mental perspective, and it's a good habit. And so to really preserve your own mental health and preserve your own growth, write things down so you can get a better understanding of who you are and who you're not. And so to summarize everything that we talked about in this brief lesson, we talked about the imposter of lust. We talked about some of the things that you can identify as when you're falling into lust. But we also talked about what does love look like? Mm And we talked about love grows because love and lust are not the same. Love grows and it flourishes and it takes time and it takes commitment. And we talked about hot. Are you hot? Because that's the goal is to be hot and to build our lives in love. So we hope you got something out of this lesson. We hope that you take the time to do those reflection questions. Review this lesson over again and just really dive into it because you, like Renee said, you're going to get out of it what you actually put into it. And just remember, you are more than enough. We're stronger together.
Thank you for listening. Thank you for your investment in time. Remember to subscribe to the show and hit the notification icon to be notified when new episodes are posted on the podcast platform that you're listening from. Or you can always find us on our website at richrelationshipsus.com or our YouTube channel, Rich Relationships with Gil Renee. If you found this podcast helpful or you think it could help someone that you know and care about, please pass it along and share it with them. 